it was always surprising to me the fact that there was nothing out there for men when I was losing weight. It, it just everything. Not only was did it seem to be focused on women, but also it seemed to be actively hostile towards men as well. I'd never quite understood it, and I think that what it seemed to be was that the majority of men were pushed towards the fitness industry, and because the expectation was somehow that men wanted to get fit rather than to lose weight, which I think there's an element of, and I think men obviously are interested in getting fit, but I think when you are obese, as I was, and you are just desperately unhappy with where you are you're not you're not really inspired or certainly I didn't feel like I was inspired by the fitness industry's promises of a six-pack in six weeks quite alienating to begin with as well isn't it it's alienating it just seems so removed from where I was as a person genuinely what I wanted was for my tits not to jiggle as I walked down the street (laughs) um that that was kind of my, my motivation and I, I hated it. I hated my body and I hated what it looked like. I hated the way it made me feel. And nothing out there addressed those sorts of issues for men. And so I was really surprised. And I assumed that either it was me being weird and just, you know, this is just something that is Andrew Shanahan specific and has nothing to do with anyone else. Or that it was wider than me and it just wasn't represented elsewhere. And very quickly, when we did the crowdfunding campaign, it just became apparent that there, there were so many men out there who wanted to talk about weight, who wanted a platform to have, you know, a forum to have discussions about how they felt about their bodies and, and what sort of diet techniques they were using that just wasn't being offered anywhere else. So I think largely that's the result, the success of it is because there's just been a desperate need for it for a long time. Can you tell us a bit about about your journey? Yeah, sure. I started losing weight probably about 2011. The reason that I'd, I mean, I was probably about 17 stone, which I don't know in kilograms is, uh, I'm sure you'd be able to find a, a way to convert that. But so 230 pounds plus essentially. And the reason was, was just some very obvious normal reasons I, I ate far far too big a portion of food and, and probably always had I was in a phase of my life where the work that I was doing was very very stressful and had left me working very long hours and essentially I felt that you know I didn't move I was pretty much sat on this very chair here just working and I used to work sort of 13 14 hour days most days and when I got home, that obviously left very little time to relax and do anything before bed. And so I just got into the, the habit and the mindset of thinking that, you know, I needed to speed relax, essentially. You know, I had a very limited window to actually relax in. And the quickest and easiest way for me to do that was to reach for beer, to reach for crisps, to reach for junk food and, and just sort of give in to a lot of the frustrations that I had with the way that work and my life was at that point with food and heavy carbs, sweets, uh, just general rubbish, essentially. And sitting still all day was absolutely lethal for me. It just meant that I was putting on weight very, very quickly, and I was grumpy. I, I didn't, and I'd lost, my mind had moved on from being me to being fat me. And I was really stuck in that that phase of thinking that it was all about how the problems that I had and the reasons that I couldn't. And I think that that's something since I've spoken to and interviewed a lot of guys who've lost weight, that mindset and that phrase of, you know, the, 
the thing I was focused on the things that I could not do. I wasn't ever thinking if someone had said to me, you know, well, you could go for a walk. Why don't you set an alarm and go for a walk every 50 minutes? which I could have done, of course I could have done, but my, my mind was telling me I couldn't. My mind was telling me that this was it, I was fat and that that wasn't going to change. And as a result of that, you know, my health was bad. I'd developed a heart rhythm problem, which is called atrial fibrillation, which is connected to weight, which was, you know, the rhythm of your heart changes slightly, which was quite scary. And what happened was that I changed cardiologists as a result of my, my heart rhythm issue. And he put me on a new drug and it <laughs> went calamitously badly. It was a terrible situation. And, and so I started on this drug and then by probably lunchtime of the same day, I was in hospital being checked to see whether I'd had a heart attack. And I was, I had, I couldn't stop shaking. Um, my whole body was, was vibrating. It felt like I was having a fit. I couldn't talk. That's scary. Yeah, it, it was it was just petrifying. And, you know, it was one of those, I couldn't breathe very well. And I was very, very short of breath and rang for an ambulance. The ambulance came and I had to kiss my boys goodbye. And I, I genuinely didn't know whether I was dying or not. And it was just one of the worst experiences of my life. And But looking back, it, it was just the most incredible blessing that I've ever had in my life. It was just the most, it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to me. Because from that point on, I mean, the, the legacy of, of switching to that drug, which obviously I, I came off very quickly because it clearly mm -hmm. didn't agree with me. It, the legacy of it was that from never really having had a panic attack or, uh, you know, anxiety or depression or anything like that, I was I had probably about six months of just absolute terror and having four or five panic attacks a day. I became compulsive about checking my heart rate and just almost bed bound, really. I, I really fell apart. And as I say, looking back now, it was just such an amazing gift because there is no way that I would have made the changes that I've made and reached mm. the point that I have without that experience. And for me, I don't know whether it's a survival thing or whether it's just you know the truth of the issue is that I can't see it as anything but a positive experience because it made me re it gave me the time. You know, it really it's one of those situations in life where when your life hits the buffers and you come off the tracks, there, there has to be a, a process where you get put back on the tracks. And when you do that, you can it, it allows you to take the time to say, well, am I in the right situation? Am I going in the right direction? Am I, you know, it allows you to choose again those things that you've just arrived at through circumstance and situation. And so I looked at my working situation and just thought, you know, this isn't right. This, I, I don't want to be working this much. I had two very young yeah. children. And I just felt really that it was that there were so many better ways that I could go about things. So I um, sold my business and that took about six months to, to come through and to, to go um, and really started focusing on my health. So this was probably at the beginning of 2013. And I was still morbidly obese, but I'd made significant changes and my that mindset of everything that I couldn't do that I was focusing on I started to really attack and to to say look you know and anyone who's had anxiety issues or panic issues will know that there is a process that you have to go through which is a very slippery process you keep falling back to the beginning again where you have to really look at the things that the strange ideas and thoughts that your brain sometimes gives you like you know i can't do this i, I can't drive i can't 
you know, I can't look at a snake, I can't pick up a spider, any of those sort of phobic issues and or, you know, any of the, the constraints that you give yourself mentally. And you have to start picking them apart. And, and that was very, very useful for me because it allowed me to, to look at all of those I can't exercise or I can't, you know, I, I need a big portion of food, otherwise I never feel full. Uh, it might allow me to look at those very restraining beliefs and thoughts and start smashing them apart. And that was really, for me, the, the mental aspect of change came first. And I think it does with, with so many of the guys that I've spoken to subsequently who've lost weight, where it was the the change that they had mentally, whether it was through, you know, similar to me, a health scare, or whether it was because of an issue that they had, or, you know, someone had, had rocked them out of their existing mindset. I think for so many guys and, and, and women who are losing weight, it's that point where you say, right, okay, let's reassess this. Let's actually make a conscious decision about what I want in my life. And from there, it was it was actually easy from, from then on. And it was, you know, I think people are always mildly disappointed when I say how I lost weight because <laughs> it's so boring. It was I lost weight by eating smaller portions, graduating my food into healthier and healthier decisions. And, you know, I, I suspect that all of us understand what healthy decisions are. It's just at the time, sometimes they are very difficult decisions to make, partly because, you know, you might be in a situation where you don't particularly love yourself that much and you wonder why you would make these decisions to choose for a better life and for a healthier life. And I I, th I think I reinvented mindful eating. I, I hadn't read about mindful eating at that mm -hmm. point because I was a bloke and because there was nothing out there for me to, to read on this issue. But I, I sort of said, you know, I, one thing that I've noticed about my eating is that I often reach for the, the children's sweet cupboard when I'm frustrated or when I'm angry or when things haven't gone right for me. And I challenged myself to, to stop at those points and to say, is what you're about to do or is what you're about to eat or drink helping you to become the person that you want to be? And that, that was the, the very lengthy question that I had to ask myself <laughs> in those circumstances. And it's, it's, really surprising how quickly you can retrain yourself because it was that point to take a breath and to stop and to say okay is this a conscious active choice am I doing this because I want to or am I doing it for some other reason and addressing that emotional eating side of what I was doing very quickly reprogrammed where I was going and I would say no you know it's not I, I know where I want to be I know what I want to do and I'm going to to put the sweets back I'm going to take a breath, I'm going to go and make myself a cup of tea, I'm going to, you know, make another decision. And that, that was really, really helpful. And just very quickly, the weight more or less fell off. I lost, I um, was 17, I'm now uh, just over 12. Uh, so it's roughly about 60 pounds that I lost. And so I went from obese to a normal healthy BMI and have really been freed it was very much a, a mental change that started it off and then it became a physical change and it's really freed me up in, in every area of my life, really. It sounds like the mental stuff is the foundation. You've got to be able to get that right before you can look at all of the other things. Yeah, absolutely. And when I went on to write the book, that was the first point. I wanted to, to put a very simple step-by-step -step guide for men. And it, started, it really surprised me that when I was looking at the other commercial diets that are available, you know, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, um, Slimming World, all of those, they, they spend very little time focusing on why you're fat in the first place. And to me, it, it's perplexing because you, you, 
if you're trying to lose weight and you've not addressed the mental issues, this, you know, whether it's stress, emotional eating, whether it's support issues, whether it's self-esteem issues, all of that, you know, there's the practical issues of working too much, you know, that any of those reasons why you've put on weight in the first place, it's like trying to fill a bath with the plug out. You're, you're constantly going to be fighting against the fact that you've got this issue which you need to address. And for me, that uh, that needed to come first, is understand why you got fat and, and change that about your life. And are you finding lots of common threads with the men in your community? Uh, absolutely. And, and I think there are some very specifically male ones. You know, support is a great example of where the, the male and the female approach to weight loss differs so much. Because I think typically what you find with groups of female friends is that they they support each other by nature they expect of each other to be on a diet at some point and they know how to to approach and to support that whereas men haven't had the experience of that really so there's still a lot of piss taking and you know general mockery of guys <laughs> who are on diets and i think that that is you know it's just a natural difference it's just the way that men yeah of course there are some guys who who do support each other in terms of weight loss and but they do it in a different way that they're, they're much more likely to say okay well let's go and play squash together or yeah, I'll, I'll show you a few things in the gym, that sort of thing, than they are to, to really, you know, talk about the emotional issues and listen and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So I think there are some some fundamental reasons why men get fat. And again, this is what Man V Fat grew out of, is the fact that there was very, very few places where those discussions around those issues could, could exist or happen. You know, you don't see men's health talking about emotional eating. You don't see, no. see men's health talking about the issues of self-esteem that, that men have and why that might impact on your ability to lose weight. You know, the mental health issues for men is, is a huge issue. You know, suicide is still one of the leading causes of death for men under the age of 35. And that just is a, it's a very scary statistic, but it's an indication of how much mental health issues impact men. Of course, they impact women as well, but they, they seem to have this because there aren't these forums to discuss mental health problems and the impact that those problems can have. It really is it's very pernicious for, for men. It's a really damaging environment to, to experience mental health issues in. And I think that Man V Fat is about opening those things up a bit more and, and just making it giving another platform for those discussions to exist. Oh, and I guess the support aspect is, is crucial as well in your community. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we, we've moved towards from Manvi Fat started as a... So when, when I'd lost the weight and experienced this situation of not having any support for men, I thought that there needs to be something out there. But I wasn't sure whether, as I said, whether it was just me that felt that or whether it was the fact that there was a, you know, a really wider problem there. And so I started a crowdfunding campaign to to start a digital magazine a free digital magazine for men called man be fat and the website manbefat.com and very very quickly we raised we went to 102 percent of our target we got support from all of the major weight loss organizations and charities uh, celebrities like jamie oliver backed it and you know just it very very quickly gained momentum to the point where we went from so we, this started in april last year and to this point now we've got just over 31,000 subscribers. Oh. And it, it just sort of, there was that real snowball effect of that there hadn't, I think 
it was an idea whose time has, has come. And, you know, it, it wasn't the fact that I was doing it, you know, anything particularly clever. It was the fact that there'd been such a desperate need for this sort of thing. So from there, the fact that we've got that and the fact that guys are supporting each other in such different ways has, has led organically to this idea of starting up the clubs and the Man B Fat Clubs, which are starting at the end of this month in the UK, and then it's going to be going uh, worldwide over the next year. It's effectively a weight management or a weight loss group for guys. So we're, it's going to be very, very male-centred, lots of challenges, lots of information about your weight loss that you wouldn't necessarily get on your own if you were just stood on your scales at home. So you know, one, one of the things I believe is that, and, and of course, lots of support, lots of, you know, the groups are male-only, and it's an opportunity to to meet other guys who are going through the same situation. We're, we're diet agnostic, is, is my phrase, for the fact that we don't push a particular diet. There isn't a man v. fat diet. I believe that you know people should be able to choose the diet or the eating style that suits them best. And for men, that seems especially true because they, they all seem to want to create their own. And you know the, they, they do exactly the same as I did, which is that they knew... They know what healthy eating looks like. It's just that they don't do it. So with support and motivation from the group, that's where we're, we're heading towards. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm, I really strongly believe that there's a, a lot more that, that Mandy Fat can and will be achieving with guys in terms of giving them that support that they need. Do you find that you're getting interest from equally from all different ages and backgrounds? Yeah. I mean, one of the other things that I've been really surprised by is – we get a lot of guys who are 60, 70 plus who are talking about weight loss. And I think that, that that's, I mean, if you think about it, there's nothing for older guys or certainly, the, I mean, there's nothing for guys. So there's definitely nothing for older guys, but it's the same for women as well. You know, there's nothing really that talks about the specific challenges that must exist for people in, uh, you know, 60 plus because, you know, Again, the fitness industry would fail you because it would say, right, go and do this particular workout program. And it might not be a suitable program for someone who, you know, who's 60, 70, 80 plus. Um, I had an amazing email from a guy who's 84 yesterday and he's got type 2 diabetes. He really desperately wants to lose weight, but he's struggling because he can't find the support. And, you know, he, he's challenged by his age as well, his age you know, and the, the illness that he's suffering means that he has certain restrictions so he has to work around those and i think that there's there's probably you know i think if there's almost certainly a, a definite need for weight loss amongst that that age group so yeah it's, it's very surprising just how widespread that need is and, and how the diet industry has focused exclusively on women and typically women of seemingly from teens to 30 but very little after that yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and it does seem to be quite focused on vanity and not really health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, just out of your experience, have you? Because you said that when you were organising the conference, you were surprised by how many men were involved or wanted to get involved. I thought it would be maybe about ten percent men, but no, I think it was about half and half. Yeah, and there were a lot of older people as well. Whereas I'd, I stupidly assumed it would be people kind of mainly in their twenties, but no, not at all. But I don't think it's a stupid assumption. I think it's the assumption that is based on everything we've always been told about dieting in the diet industry you know that there is that expectation as you say that it's it's about vanity and it's about women <laughs> it's, yeah. and i mean there's a great statistic that said 2003 um 
I'd have to look this up, but I think it was there's 23% of men who went on a diet. So in 2003, of a selected proportion of guys who were asked, 23% of them had attempted a diet that year. In 2013, that was just over 58%. So you, you can see that the the trend is becoming much, much more towards this idea of actually, you know, men do diet, men do want to diet, men do want to lose weight as well as get fit. But those two things might be in two phases. They might lose the weight and then get fit. Or you know, for some guys, maybe it is the fact that they go and get fit and, and they lose weight as a consequence of that. But there is definitely guys out there who aren't really bothered about getting fit. They just want to, you know, me, they, they just wanted to lose weight. It wasn't a case that they were thinking I definitely need to, you know, get fit. And it doesn't help that, you know, in the summer, so many of the newspaper articles are about getting abs in two weeks and things. And, and it's, yeah, it's really not about that, is it? <laughs> it's, it's reprehensible, isn't it, that they, they're yeah. allowed to, to do that. I mean, you can look at and people should look and laugh at the front cover of Men's Health more because it, it's so pie in the sky. It's, um, it'd have to be a low calorie pie, of course, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like build bigger arms, get six pack in. And I mean, they've gone from the, I picked up October's issue last year and it said, get a six pack by October. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> it is October. How can I, how can this magazine give me something instantly? <laughs> you know, this is, and I think that that damages the relationship that men have with the magazine and, and with themselves as well, because they, they see these sort of challenges being set and consider themselves a failure if they can't meet it. Whereas what's actually true is that the challenge itself is so ludicrous, there is absolutely no chance of anyone achieving it. Yeah, exactly. I've had so many emails from people who feel that they'll never be able to lose weight. And of course, yeah, it is articles like that that make them think that. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that it, I'm, I'm really proud that Manby Fat really isn't part of the diet industry. You know, we, we don't have products to sell we don't we're not um doing a, a high protein bar there's no diet attached to it because i think the, the diet industry needs more realism and more independence and often that means those those organizations that come through the internet where there, there isn't that sort of that strange desire to flog people crap low calorie chocolate bars we, we would never do anything like that what about the men with their partners, do you find that they're generally quite supportive or that perhaps they lose weight themselves as a side effect? Um, one in three men who go on a diet keep it a secret. And I think, oh, really? Yeah, I think that's a, a really telling statistic for anyone who wants to understand the diet industry for men at the moment, that it's such a source of shame that they just don't tell anyone. And the, the, we did uh, this survey last year in, which helped inform a lot of what we did with the book called the Big Fat Survey. And it looked at who supports you. It was very interesting. I'll just um, find you the results for that. But the, the interesting thing from it was that over half of the guys felt that they were supported. So it, it wasn't the fact that they, they thought that you know, people didn't support them. But the partner was the first, person, first group. I think it was about 13% of men said that their partner doesn't support them. But also, similarly, another area that, that men found very difficult was colleagues and workplaces. I think because they felt that they didn't want to admit a weakness, or, as they would see going on a diet. You know, they didn't want to have that tacit awareness that, oh, you know, Bob's on a diet because he feels bad about himself. That, that was too uncomfortable a thing to, to discuss at work. 
So the idea of, you know, and, and workplaces have really become very <laughs> high calorie places, cakes on offer, donuts, you know, vending machines, very, very rarely offering a, a healthy choice. I know there are ex exceptions to this rule, but I think if you go into the majority of workplaces, the, the foods that are on offer and that are around that you more or less passively consume are very high calorie foods. You know, the donuts in the American workplace is a, an institution. But what a terrifying thing. It's like, you know, it's like, hopefully we will look back on that as the way that we, we do with people used to be able to smoke in the workplace. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that donuts are a bad thing per se, but to just have them actively available at all times of the day, of course you're going to eat more and of course that's going to impact on your weight. So I, I think those areas of support, partner, workplace, uh, funnily enough, a lot of people said that friends were very supportive. But again, I think that for men, it's the fact that they support them in a different way and a way that's not really talked about that much where they they might use you know they might initially start off by being rude about your weight as a way of drawing attention to the fact that you know do you know you need to lose weight <laughs> and it's not it's not it stops short of fat shaming but i think it's a way for men to communicate that that sort of sense of saying are you okay is this you know do you are you aware that this is an issue and that they're concerned about someone but they can't go up and give them a hug and say you're all right mate so they just say, oh, you big fat bastard. <laughs> yeah, it's so different to women, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So you mentioned um, somebody who had diabetes. I guess you've seen lots of health benefits. Yeah, I mean, another statistic, one in three in the UK, this is, are pre-diabetic. So there's a huge issue with diabetes, and, and especially for men as well. They, they found that I think you're twice as likely to be diabetic if you work shifts. And the vast majority of people who work shifts are men. That there are a lot of circumstantial things which cause an issue with men's weight. And yeah, I mean, diabetes is, is a horrific disease. But what's so amazing about it is that you can cure yourself. And it's not one of these quack, uh, you know, buy a cancer cure off the internet sort of things. It, it's genuinely, if you lose weight and if you're, you are sensible with what you eat, you can reverse the diabetes and, and go on to live free of it which is, is such a hopeful, optimistic thing that I, I think more of those stories need to be told. We, we've run Amazing Losers, which is the series that we do of weight loss stories of guys who've lost weight. And there's, we've had two or three now who have reversed the diabetes that they had, or they were in a situation where the doctor was saying, you will get, you, you know, you are on the verge of becoming diabetic. And they've reversed that through healthy eating, through exercise. And and what an amazing thing to be able to, to do for your own body because blindness, losing limbs, potential mm -hmm. coronary issues, all impacts off diabetes. And you can rescue yourself from that. And lastly, can you tell us where we can find you online? Yeah, of course. I mean, everything Man V Fat, uh, M-A-N-V-F-A-T. So uh, on Twitter, we're at Man V Fat. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash Man V Fat. Online, we're manvfat.com, and the book, if you just search Man V Fat on Amazon or any of the booksellers that you have in Australia or worldwide, then you will be able to find out a Kindle version, a uh, paper version. That's great, and your classes are coming worldwide, so yes. everyone will be able yeah. to find them. Watch this space, watch out for the, the bright yellow posters that tell you a Man V Fat club starting near you. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome, Sue. It's very nice speaking to you.